Homestyle Green, episode number 29. Can you hear that? That is the sound of rain on the roof and dripping off my pergola. Yes, it is raining. It uh, has been raining for a few days now, and I think the drought may be coming to a close if it hasn't already in some parts of the country. And uh, it was interesting. I had a great conversation today with someone asking all about water tanks. Anyway, we will get on to today's show. Uh, I'm Matthew Cutler-Welsh. Thanks for tuning in. This is Homestyle Green. I'm a sustainable housing expert, and you are someone who wants to help create better homes, whether it be someone you're designing a house for professionally, or it might be your own home that you're designing. We are here to talk about how to do just that, because what I want to do is help make homes that are better for people to live in, and also better for the planet. Now, I uh, got a few thanks this week. Thanks for all the downloads. It's been a great month, actually. Uh, Really exciting to get a growing audience. And we're approaching 500 downloads this month, which is fantastic. Uh, Very excited about that. Be awesome to get some few more ratings in iTunes, um, which will help build that audience more and help get the message out and, and also learn from other people out there as well. So head on over to iTunes. only takes a minute. And you can rate the show, and if you want to, you can leave a little review as well. That'd be much appreciated. Um, a few things going on around the place at the moment. Uh, Christchurch this weekend is the is another home show. Uh, it's the Sarah one, which I have mentioned previously. I think it'll be quite a good one to head along. It's going to be free entry, and there'll be all the insurance companies and uh, finance people, but there'll be a few other commercial exhibitors as well so head along to that at Addington Raceway this weekend uh, check out houseplanninghelp.com and Ben Adam Smith his podcast uh, be great to support Ben he's got some really great uh, episodes in his back catalogue of podcasts and he is um, bringing out his interview with myself this week. So very excited to see that. Uh, for those that haven't caught up from a couple of weeks ago, I interviewed Ben and Ben interviewed me. And it was a great exchange of similar minds at opposite ends of the planet. So uh, head over to houseplanninghelp.com, check his, his podcast out. It is one of the ones that I subscribe to, and I'll, I'll do an episode, I think, at some stage about some of the other podcasts that I listen to, and I pretty much don't listen to the radio anymore. Uh, the radio shows that I do listen to, I listen to after the fact, downloaded to uh, Pocket Casts, happens to be my favorite podcasting application at the moment. Um, but there are some really good ones out there um, for sustainability and other bits and pieces that I'm interested in as well. Of course, I have to put in a little plug for If Only They Told Me, which I've been spending a bit of time on recently. That is my wife's podcast. And if you're at all interested in parenting, uh, children, relationships, uh, particularly in the early years of having children, before they head off to school, then check out ifonlytheytoldme.com. Anyway, enough of that. Let's get back to building better homes. 
couple of things I'm thinking about at the moment. I'm still thinking about concrete floors. I'm a, I'm a bit um, hung up on the floors. I don't know if that's uh, possible to be hung up on the floor, but uh, definitely still an ongoing issue that I haven't resolved yet about the true R value of raft type floors. Now, this is, I think, pretty important because raft or pod style or some some of them are called waffle style floors are very popular around the country at the moment and probably for pretty good reason. Um, certainly around Christchurch, they are seen as a viable solution for TC3 and areas where there's a high risk of liquefaction. So that is definitely advantageous there. They, we've discussed this in the past that their perception of uh, quite a good R value because of the thickness of polystyrene in the um, in the slab. Um, one of the issues, though, is the thermal bridging that occurs between those thick pods, and there are different ways of modelling that. And there's a bit of conspiracy about which is the best way or which is the the truest. Um, method of calculating that heat loss and accounting for the thermal bridging. So that is an unresolved issue at the moment and I'm investigating it and uh, talking to a few different people so I look forward to reporting back on that. Can't say too much at the moment. Um, people get pretty passionate about these things and rightly so. Another issue that people do get very passionate about is ventilation and I saw another shocker today. Um, got the chance to head out to a home. I won't say where it is, but um, unfortunately, it's not that uncommon. We were checking it out um, to uh, just have a look at some of the systems that were installed in this home. And lo and behold, the range hood above the kitchen doesn't actually go anywhere. Looks like it does. It's got a nice stainless steel brush metal look uh, with all the nice bright lights shining down onto the kitchen hob big fan in there makes all the right noises and if you look up closely at the ceiling there's actually a little grill uh, or vent on the side of the um the aesthetic duct where it goes or appears to go disappearing up into the ceiling reality is it doesn't disappear up into the ceiling at all and the um the fan basically just ducts out at the ceiling. So all it does is extract, it's called a recirculating system, and it, it, it pulls the fumes or the smells and the, um, the, con uh, not the, con the, the vapor, the steam from what you're cooking on the stove or the kitchen hob and just expels it a little bit higher up in the ceiling. Sounds crazy, and it kind of is. Um, there, there's not a requirement for a kitchen hob in as far as the building code is concerned. So it's quite legal to do that, but it kind of doesn't make sense. So um, that's something to watch out for. And it seems like an obvious question when you go into a home. And, and we, we do often ask this if we're inspecting a home or assessing it and say, does your extractor fan vent to the outside? And it's surprising how often it doesn't. So something to look out for there. Definitely don't design like that. But also if you're looking at a home, don't assume that just because there's a switch on the wall or on the fan and the fan makes all the right noises that that uh, air does actually go anywhere. <clears throat> okay. 
what we're going to talk about today is hot water. Um, and this came up quite recently. I got uh, asked about uh, hot water systems from a colleague. And it's something that often comes up because it, there is a bit of confusion out there. And people do want to know what the best systems are. And it's a bit of a changing ball game as well, which is kind of exciting. It's good to know that there's other things and other options becoming available in uh, the certain in the in different spaces. So let's get into it. Hot water systems. Now, why is this important? Well, hot water accounts for about 30% of the average energy bill for most homes in New Zealand. And that equates to around about $650, according to ECA. And they would probably know. They have some good resources, and I'll put a link in the show notes to energywise.gov.nz. That's a site that is run by ECA, which is the Energy Efficiency Conservation Authority. Um, lots of pretty general, but also very independent and quite robust information on their site. So it's a good first stop for uh, general questions you might have around anything to do with energy efficiency. And hot water being the second largest component of most people's bill after space heating, so he heating your um, rooms, which we have talked about, because it is the second largest portion of your energy bill, it's definitely worth paying attention to um, how we heat our hot water. So the main question is, what is the best system? What should I buy for a, for a hot water system? Well, my quick summary is, does it need changing? That's the first thing to look at. Um, is it, do, do you actually have to, have to upgrade it or, or install something? Second one is um, the, order, the general order of preference for fuel types are, in my opinion, wood, sun, electricity, then gas. And I'll come back to that in a bit, little bit more detail. And then there are some other things to consider around the size of the home and the layout of the home. And finally, what can you do to improve the efficiency of the whole house? So... Hot water systems basically split down the middle in, in two main categories. One is storage and one is instant or continuous flow. And most of New Zealand homes have some sort of storage system. That is that we have a hot water cylinder and it's, that's either inside or um, a lot of electric systems are internal in the cupboard somewhere inside the home or they're outside and that's more common for a gas hot water system or a, a, a heat pump water heater so that's the first split is is it a should i get a storage uh, cylinder or should i get an instantaneous type the second decision is what the fuel type should be and the general options that we have available here are electricity Gas and gas is split between natural gas and if you're on a supply, a reticulated supply, so there's gas coming to your home, it's probably natural gas. The other one is LPG and if you don't have a gas pipe coming to your home, you're probably going to be using LPG, which is in a bottle. Um, and there's, there is a significant difference there. Bottled gas tends to be quite a lot more expensive. 
Um, wood burner is uh, another option. So solid fuel, some form of solid fuel, whether it's the most common ones would be wood and then possibly pellets. Um, and then the sun and heat pump is pro is kind of a separate, it's not really a different fuel type, uh, because it could be argued, well, really it's electricity, but also it's, it's using a bit of the sun there as well, because it's drawing some ambient heat from the atmosphere. So that's kind of sits on its own at the end of the options for fuel type. And then there are, of course, various different combinations of the storage versus instant and what what the fuel type is. The most common system here in New Zealand is an electric hot water cylinder. So a storage system heats up during, uh, well, depending on what how it's connected, some of them heat up uh, during the night time, and there are some advantages in doing that if you can get a cheaper rate to heat it over night time. And that's historically why we have a high um, prevalence of that type in this country is that it was seen as a good way, and it's correctly seen as a good way of distributing the load because it takes quite a lot of power to heat up a big chunk of water. They're generally... Uh, upwards of 180 litres, up to 250 or 300 litres. And if that can be done at night time when most other people don't really need much electricity, that helps level out the demand of on the grid. So that's why it can be quite a good option to heat up your hot water o overnight. Of course, that does mean that you have to be a little bit careful about how much gets used during the day so if you don't want to run out. Or you pay more and have an on-demand type of uh, electricity supply to that cylinder. So they're the main options. Now, in terms of deciding what option is going to suit your particular case, um, there are a few things to consider. One is how many people are you heating water for? In the case where there's only a couple of people in the house, uh, maybe there's relatively low use, particularly during the day. So if it's a professional couple or there are people that don't really need a lot of hot water during the day and only have a little um, bit of use during the night, then chances are uh, an instantaneous or, or a continuous flow system may well be the best option. But anywhere in any house where there are more than two people, you're probably going to want a storage system to have a better level of service so you've always got some hot water there plus it's probably going to be more efficient because you um, there are some standing losses from from a, a storage system but you do get some um, higher efficiencies from being able to um, heat it up at a uh, at a lower rate and have it available on demand when you when you need it so Around about two people is, tends to be when it's worthwhile having a storage system. Um, the other option, which uh, is is becoming available in some instances, and it's probably a higher-end product, and this is to have instantaneous, um, even boiling water. And this can be common in places like the kitchen, um, where some people recommend that if you're boiling the jug more than three times a day, it's actually more efficient to have a system that heats the water and supplies just the right amount of boiling water 
instantaneously. Now, that advice comes from someone who happens to supply such systems, so it has to be taken with a bit of a uh, grain of salt and probably investigated a little bit further to say whether that's more efficient than having a um, uh, pouring the water into the jug and, and boiling the jug. Um, but there is some merit to that because you do get some standing losses from um, any system that where you're, you're heating more water than you're using at the moment. Now, in terms of the, the fuel types, I mentioned that wood, I place wood slightly higher uh, in the in the spectrum of um, the best system to use. So if you are installing a log burner or um, some form of, um, say, a pellet fire, it's definitely worth checking out if you can get a wet back or use that log burner to at least preheat the, uh, the water because that's the most sustainable option uh, generally. Uh, it's a fairly closed system if you're um, burning trees from relatively close by. It's a bit controversial. Some people don't necessarily agree with that, but um, uh, it makes sense to me if you're uh, if you do have a, a relatively close supply of of wood that you can burn. That's a, a great fuel to be able to use. Sun is what a lot of people think that they would like to be using in the form of solar thermal. And this is definitely, potentially, a good option. Definitely, potentially. What does that mean? Well, there have been some problems, unfortunately, with solar thermal hot water. And this was um, was highlighted was it last year or, or 2011 when the um, Commissioner for the Environment produced a report which basically showed that the savings from solar hot water weren't that great. And ECA had produced a report uh, similarly a couple of years prior where they found that the actual installed efficiency of solar hot water systems around the country were much lower than the advertised rate. Now, the purpose of that report wasn't so much to say don't buy a solar hot water system. It was more to say we have some issues in the industry about commissioning these systems and installing them correctly so that they can achieve their theoretical efficiencies. Because solar thermal can be very good and it can work very well. We could do a whole episode on solar uh, hot water because there are lots of, there are flat panels, there are evacuated tubes, there are um, pumped systems and thermosiphon systems. So there are, again, there are lots of different options just in that category. But the main advice that I give uh, when anyone's considering a solar hot water system is make sure that whoever's organising the installation uses a plumber who has lots of experience in that particular system and ideally an electrician who you, who's experienced in that system as well because they need to commission that system and optimise it for the house, for the orientation for the level of usage of that particular household and when those people are going to use it. So there's a timer that needs to be set. Um, the, the, the pipes need to be obviously in the right place, but that doesn't always happen. Um, so my basic advice there is make sure the plumber, it, it's not the first time they're doing it. And that can be tricky because they're not that common and you might get a, a plumber from a team of plumbers someone who's just willing to put their hand up and say, oh, give it a nudge. 
But no, you want someone who's actually done it before and is and is um, experienced in using that system and can and you feel comfortable that they're going to provide some after care, um, after installation care, so they can they can come back and service it if required, or at least give you a hand on on how to run the thing. The same probably goes for heat pump water heaters, but here's the thing: heat pump water heaters are much more um, plug and play. They're much more user-friendly in terms of being able to install it and it will generally run at the efficiency that it's going to run. There are less things that have to be optimised. It's still not that uh, simple. It does require, again, a plumber and an electrician to do it properly, but it's a little bit more forgiving in the, the, the things that can affect the overall efficiency of the system. So... My feeling is that heat pump water heaters tend to come out slightly above solar hot water on average, uh, but it does depend on which part of the country you're in. Around Christchurch, I would say I, I would tend towards a heat pump water heater just because you're more likely to get a reliable system. Now, um, before I get lots of emails and, and comments saying that they've got a very good solar hot water system in Christchurch, that can absolutely happen and should be able to happen quite easily if you get a reliable installer. But what I'm saying is that there are probably, uh, there's a higher chance of being able to get a good system with a heat pump water heater um, with with um, less homework and less potential uh, frustration. Um, but if you can find a good solar hot water system, then then definitely go for that as well. The third configuration of using the sun that is becoming, I think, more viable, and I've actually seen this, and it's probably my favorite system that I have seen for, for heating in general so far, is to actually use PV. And this particular system that I saw, decide that they decided they weren't going to deal with solar hot water, solar thermal, they were just going to have lots and lots of photovoltaics on the roof and use the um, electricity they generated from those photovoltaics to run a small heat pump water heater system. Now, this was quite a complex but very smart system because that heat pump water heater um, was the first stage of the water heating system. Then the water from the heat pump water heater only went to, I think it was around about 40 degrees, which wasn't enough for the hot water, but it was just the right temperature to run the hydronic heating, uh, which was the pipes in, in the that were built into the floor slab, the concrete floor slab. So that was an integral part of the whole house heating. Um, and then from there, the 40-degree water from the heat pump water heater cylinder went to a second cylinder, which was heated with just a standard electric element, but that electric element was being operated mostly by the um, electricity from the photovoltaic cells. And that system really makes sense because what it does is allow the heat pump water heater to operate in its optimum range, and um, which is only up to a certain level. Once it, once you try and get the the, the water up to the required 60 degrees, that's when the efficiency of a heat pump water heater starts to, to diminish. So getting a little bit uh, into the, the nitty-gritty there of heat pump water heaters, but that is if you're designing a 
um, very high performing new home, that is also something to consider because of the price coming down in photovoltaic systems. So how do we sum all that up? Well, the first thing to consider, like I said, is do you need to replace your hot water system? Is it broken? If it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, and that's the case that we've had in our house. We actually have a gas, natural gas uh, cylinder outside, which would be one of my least favorite options, least preferred options if I was choosing from scratch. But it's there and it's working and it may well carry on working for quite some time. So at the current running cost, it's not um, a, it's not ec economically attractive for me to invest three, four, maybe more $5,000 to change that system because I'm probably not going to see the payback until that one um, just stops working and we, we're forced to change it. So first of all, do you need to replace it? Obviously, if you're building new, yes, you've got a prime opportunity to install something that's going to be very, very efficient and save you in the long run. Secondly, how many people are you heating water for? If it's only a couple, then by all means, look at a continuous flow system. Generally, a continuous flow system, um, uh, they are less efficient in general. So if you have more than two people, you probably want to have a, a storage system so that you've got a better guarantee of supply. And then if you have got the opportunity of installing a log burn or a wetback, then that is a very good option from a sustainability point of view. Electricity is a good option through a heat pump water heater. And then if you can attach a solar hot water system, that is also a very good option. Hope that's helpful. Obviously, it is something that you probably need a little bit of advice on for your particular situation because there are quite a few, a few variables there and quite a few things to consider. Every, every house is different. But um, the, the commonalities would be to um, avoid getting uh, bullied into having a very high pressure system with that is going to use lots of gas and just be way over spec for what you actually need. Another common thing that's going to help you regardless of what you choose is to make sure the efficiency of the whole system and that includes things like making sure your pipes are insulated, that you've got um, water efficient fittings, so um, water efficient shower heads and taps and that you don't have the system too spread out. Um, that's probably enough for hot water systems. I'm going to wrap it up there. But if you do have any specific questions or comments about that, I'd love to hear from you. Um, now, don't forget that if you're in that situation where you're looking at a system, you can always get in touch with a Homestar assessor or a practitioner and head along to homestar.org.nz and you can find a whole list there of Homestar professionals in your area. Please also do remember that um, ideas and opinions shared in this show are mine and those of my guests, and they don't necessarily reflect any views of my past or current employer. Um, that's it for now. Happy designing and building. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you next week on Homestyle Green. Bye.